Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Uh, This is going to be a great show, folks. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I am Dustin Lunt. My co-host, Jake Trowbridge, joining me as always. We are the dynamic duo. We're both Batmans in this situation. There is no Robin. Okay, I was not about to be okay with this analogy if the next word out of your mouth was me being Robin. So I appreciate you for clarifying that. No, no, we're we're both uh, we're both Batman's in this scenario. So uh, how are you that. doing? I'm more of a Keaton. You're more of a Kilmer, but I think together we crush it. That's right. That's right. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Can't complain. We know. Drinking some tasty, tasty beers. We're going to be talking about the NFL, which is still happening after six weeks here. So what's not to like? Somewhat amazingly, it's still happening. I was just thinking about this on Sunday because now we are moving on and into week seven, which didn't Mm -hmm. seem like even a plausibility back in oh june <laughs> i was like i don't think we're gonna get a single game and now we have had six mostly successful weeks of mm-hmm. nfl action yeah yeah that's been great uh we are as you alluded to here about halfway through the fantasy season uh with most most playoffs if you're in a good league playoffs start week 13 and, and you're done week 16 uh, we we don't go for that week 17 uh baloney uh, championships here uh, just because players do get benched. But we are halfway through the season, so we're going to talk tonight a little contender or pretender. Uh, moves you should be making now for the chip if you're a contender or if you're not in contention, maybe moves you should be making to to get yourself some draft picks, guys maybe you're shipping away, guys you should be trading for that are underperforming maybe, that you can get on your team that will make an impact next year for you. Uh, then that's more of dynasty aspect than than redraft. But uh, this is definitely applicable for, for both. So before we get into it, Jake, what are you drinking tonight? I'm actually switching things up. I'm not drinking a beer tonight. I have moved over into the hard stuff. Once again, I'm drinking Woodford Reserve bourbon mm, with very soda, good. and it, it's delightful. I had a bit of an upset tummy today, and this was just going to feel a lot smoother going down than beer, so I think I made the right call here. Nice. Yeah, I, I love that bourbon. It is delicious. It is a good call. Uh, I may have to pull that out for one of the podcasts here. I don't drink nearly enough bourbon. 
I, I concur. I don't even know what your typical bourbon t- intake is, but I bet it's not enough. It's definitely not enough. I am drinking uh, Decker Brewing Company, their Techno Viking, and it is a Berliner Weiss. And I bought it mainly before the can. I mean, look how colorful and fun that can is, huh? That is fun. Now, what's what's the deal with, uh, with the, the skeleton Viking uh, thing? On it, the front of that. What, it, what is that? It's a techno Viking. He's obviously tripping on ecstasy or something. And hence hence the cosmic colors and the skeleton and the face melting off and things like that. Must be a bad trip. Okay. <laughs> bad trip for that uh, Viking, but a great trip for your mouth. I exactly. It sure is. Oh, oh boy. All right. So, should we get into our drunk, 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 hammered, drunk, 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 trade of the week? I would love nothing more. Hit us up, Jake. We've got from Reddit this week. Uh, this one comes in from Thick Goose on Reddit. Says, I pounded 12 millers and then sent James Robinson. Chris Godwin and Debo Samuel for James Conner and Tyler Lockett. Not sure how to feel about it, TBH. That's to be honest for all of you unhip cats out there. Thank you. Uh, I am old, a, so I appreciate that. <laughs> this is a half PPR Dynasty League. Uh, obviously, this was fresh. Uh, I didn't get an exact timeline on this, but at any point in this season, we're talking about James Robinson. So within the last uh, handful of weeks here. Mm-hmm. So your initial thoughts on this. So Robinson, Godwin, and Debo for Connor and Lockett. Well, that's not where I was going to go. Um, I, I was going to start with the Millers. So is it <laughs> genuine draft? Is it high life? Is it light? What Millers? I mean, there, there's so many to choose from. Maybe there was a variety. Maybe that's why he didn't narrow it down to just Miller Light. Maybe he was doing the high life to start and then went into the MGD direct and then finished off with some lights. I, I don't know. It's a good It's a good question, Thick Goose, uh, and one that I think you should have answered. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, you get a sense. If you're listening right now, please follow up with us on, on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. Uh, we want to know what Millers were you drinking. All right. So back to the trade itself here. Uh yeah, that's not a great trade. It's it's probably not the most lopsided trade we we've seen as far as drunk trades go. But I I would keep the Robinson Godwin Debo side. Uh, when you break it down, I, I kind of see Connor and James Robinson fairly equal. I I see Lockett and Godwin fairly equal. Uh, so really, it's the Debo piece that that really tops it for me. Uh. I just you're giving up a, a very high end running back right now, who's who has performed pretty well throughout the season. Granted, RB six on the season yes. thus far. Granted, we don't know what the plans are for the Jags moving forward, but you would think they're probably going to stick with him if he continues to perform this well. Godwin stud. I mean, no, nothing to talk about there. Debo, he's been injured. So I can understand why you would maybe want to get out from under him, but he finally came back and he's looking good. So I don't know why why you would want to trade him away. I mean, those are all really good pieces. 
unless you're just really in love with James Conner and Tyler Lockett. I mean, like I love Lockett. I think he's an so undervalued wide receiver, but the two for one there, I just, nah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Not at all. I, I guess I'm a little less hard on the trade overall because I do like James Robinson. We've seen a little bit of a downtick the last couple of weeks. Hopefully that's just a small bump in the road. I think over the the season he'll be great. Mm-hmm. I just I do I do wonder like I don't know what Jacksonville is going to do next year. But James Conner could be in the exact same situation. True story. With not being around next year in Pittsburgh and being a part of that big free agent running back class for next year. I don't know. Um, I do really like Godwin. I think maybe this person who pounded the twelve Millers was looking at it like, well, Godwin hasn't done anything for me lately um, it, because he's been injured mm-hmm. and hasn't had to be utilized also even when he came back here. So that's interesting. Debo Samuel, same situation. Now, I actually picked this drunk trade because I want to talk about two of those guys that he's giving away later on in the show. So we'll wait and flesh out the rest of it from my end until we get into uh, some names down the road here. That is what we call foreshadowing, folks. Great job, Jake. Way, way, to, way to keep our uh, listeners tantalized here. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I do. I titillate, I tantalize. Oh, ooh, you do both. I love it. All right. So uh, oh, this makes me sad and happy at the same time. This next little piece of news we're going to talk about here. Uh, breaking today, or I shouldn't say breaking, but news came out today that Fitzmagic is done in Miami. Tua is going to be starting after their bye week this week. So Tua has two weeks to prepare, get ready for his big starting debut. How do you feel about this, Jake? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I was just earlier this morning before this news came out, I was all in my feelings about Ryan Fitzpatrick and how proud I've been of Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's just been doing fantastic for fantasy purposes and from real life football purposes. He mm-hmm. has that team in a good position. I think they're three and three right now. Yep. The Dolphins are one game back in their division from the Bills. He they he actually looked really, really solid, and we haven't seen the Ryan Fitz tragic side of things where he's been all up in the interceptions. We haven't seen that this year. So I'm genuinely surprised. And I think Flores just came out last week, maybe the week before, and said, oh, Tua's not ready. We're not going to start Tua. Fitz is going to be our guy for the next while here. And then, boom, drops the hammer. Uh, It's a gut punch, man, because I was looking forward, not just selfishly for my rosters, because I do have Fitzpatrick in a couple of uh, super flex leagues that I've been happy to put into my lineup but just you love to see the Fitz magic out there so it feels like it's end of an era mm-hmm. although I did hear that they may be looking to trade him so that would be interesting well he he does have to get through the rest of the 32 teams so uh he he, he has a few teams <laughs> to go there uh so I don't know if you look this up but I'm, I'm going to question you where do you think Fitzmagic sits right now as far as fantasy ranking on the season so far. I have it pulled up here, but I want you to guess. Where's QB, whatever, where is he right now? Yep, 
Yep. I hope that he's very close to where I pegged him uh, coming into this season for the games he played, which I think was like QB5. Is he around there? You're close. So this is for PPR. He is currently at QB8 on the season. Not too shabby, Mr. Fitzmagic. Not too shabby at all. Uh, averaging 21.1 points per game. I am... I'll say I'm really surprised at this move. Because uh, like you said, he's been playing pretty damn well. I mean, number eight, he's a solid starter every single week for you. And and like you said, he hasn't been throwing those interceptions. He hasn't been YOLOing it like he normally does. So I, I'm really surprised. I really thought that Tua was going to get the red shirt this year because um, there was really no reason to be starting him. Or to rush him in, I should say, unless they thought yeah. he is completely healthy, and maybe Fitzmagic is giving him too many victories, and they're hoping to get a very high draft pick again this year. So maybe they'll take some growing pains with Tua and and get him experience, and maybe they'll lose more games than they would have with Fitzmagic uh, to to get that higher draft pick. It's possible, man. And if they're doing it at this time, then. Um, it's going to be growing pains times a thousand because Tua gets to play against Aaron Donald in his mm-hmm. first game. So uh, he better be healthy. Yeah, that is that is rough. Uh, but I'm kind of excited for Tua, too. I'm glad he's healthy. Uh, I know there's lots of questions coming in being over the draft season. Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to come back? So, oh, I, 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 it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun to watch. For sure, for sure. Pour one out for Mr. Fitzpatrick. So we got a couple comments here in the chat that I want to bring up for you, Jake. Uh, so first one here. Uh, I traded Antonio Gibson and Hollywood Brown for Miles Gaskin and DJ Chark. Is that a good trade? Is this, I, I'm going to assume redraft. Is this redraft trade or maybe dynasty? Mr. Brixson? Br- Br- Brixen? Brixen. Right. Uh, if you're if you're lingering around the chat, I would like to know. Uh, for now, I will just give kind of a half and half here. So if it's redraft, um, I do like this trade. And in fact, I like this trade a lot. If it's dynasty, uh, I think I don't expect much from Gaskin going forward. It's, it's not that he's a bad running back. He's a little bit more. Oh, in... not dynasty, he says. Oh, or they perfect. say. Well, then I. I won't even get into that yeah. uh, that side of it as much. So for this year, I actually mm-hmm. do like that trade uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit, honestly. Yeah, and then they asked another question here. Should I trade for Darren Waller or is Jonu Smith fine for the rest of the season? You want to answer this? I will. Stick with Jonu. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's injured. I know I know he had that ankle injury. It doesn't sound like it's too serious. Uh, might not miss any time. We all know my feelings on Janu. Uh, right now, they are back to back in the season rankings. Waller is fourth, Janu is fifth. They're only averaging 0.2 points difference per game. So, I mean, they're, they're essentially scoring the same. So, I mean, it, it, it really depends on who you're in love with there. Uh, I think they're both going to be great assets for the rest of this season. But I would take Janu just because. That's where my heart lays. 
<laughs> I knew it was going to be a heart overhead decision for you, no matter what. But I do think that your head is also on the right track here. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, we have one more here. Uh, You're welcome. In, in 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 the chat here from uh, Kevin Tompkins joining us. <gasps> Friend of the show, Kevin Tompkins. Yes, he says, "Look at these handsome gentlemen." Thank you. Flattery goes a long way That's on this podcast. That's why you want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have a question. We can just cut it off there, right? <laughs> That's right. So, uh, trade here. Superflex PPR redraft. Jimmy G for Brandon Cooks. Which side? Brandon Cooks. I don't even care that it's Superflex. I want Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been absolutely destroying these last two weeks. Not so coincidentally after Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. got the stanky boot. And he, I think he's wide receiver two in PPR leagues. I don't know if you can double check that, but I'm pretty sure he is the wide receiver two uh, over those last two weeks. I don't think it's a coincidence, and I don't think it's a short-term thing either. Jimmy G, man, I don't know if he's going to start the rest of the season. If you get benched for, uh, was it C.J. Beathard, I believe, that's not a, a, a good look for any quarterback. So I know Superflex, typically you should just default to the quarterback, but I'm loving me some cooks, man. Yeah, same here. I, I would think uh, in a redraft Superflex that there's probably some options out on the waiver wire for you. I, I don't know. I've never done a redraft uh, Superflex league, I'll be honest. So uh, I, I don't typically know what's out there, but there might be some better options other than Jimmy G. Uh to be your starting quarterback. So, yeah, I, I would take Brandon Cooks in that deal all day long. Okay. Okay. Let's do a brief, very brief injury update. Nothing too serious this week, knock on wood. We, we escaped, looks like, some major serious injuries for a change. So uh, we'll go through these really quickly. Jake, feel free to chime in with any thoughts you have as as we're going through them here. So uh, first one, Mark Ingram should be ready after the bye week this week. Doesn't look like it's anything too serious. It's just something to monitor. Devontae Parker pulled his groin. Again, they're on the bye week this week. Just monitor it. I would guess he's probably good to go after that uh, uh, since that came in an opportune time. Tyler Eifert, he got hurt again. It's a neck this time, questionable for this week. The neck injury, I would think they would give him a little break on that, but you don't know. Hate to see it. Uh, This is probably the next two or or next three, I should say, are are more bigger ones here. Uh, We got Miles Sanders. Uh, he is definitely out for this Thursday's game against the Giants, so please take him out of your lineups. He possibly going to miss the following week, too. It's an ankle. Uh, didn't say it was a high ankle sprain. Uh, the, the injury looked way more serious than that uh, during the game, uh, so thankfully it wasn't too bad, but I would probably anticipate him missing the next couple weeks at a minimum here. Zach Ertz, high ankle sprain. He's going to be out at least three to four weeks here. Uh, so the poor get poorer, I guess. This is real good. No, this is a really good situation for the Eagles. I think this is what Eagles fans were clamoring for, was uh, to really see what Carson Wentz could be without the only two weapons he still had available to him. What You don't like Fulgum uh-huh. and Hightower? 
and some tight Told end. Them. I hardly know him. And and some tight end named Kroom. <laughs> some tight end named Kroom. Jason Kroom is a thing. So uh, Carson Wentz this week. Woof. Yeah. I know he gets the Giants, and that should be an okay matchup. But my God. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. And then lastly, Raheem Mostert, high ankle sprain as well. Uh, all that said on uh, pro, football, pro football reference is where we get our injury data from. Out until further notice. There, there's no timetable for return right now. Uh, just as we typically see with high ankle sprains, it's usually three to four weeks at a minimum. So uh, he will not be in your lineup for a while either. So fire up your Jarek McKinnons because... It's not going to be Jeff Wilson, that's for sure. Agreed. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that unsavory bit of business out of the way, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. This week's episode of DTFF is presented by Wild CBD. Wild produces the best-tasting edibles on the market using real fruit and all-natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by the Pacific Northwest, High-quality ingredients, real fruit, and consistent dosing, Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit-infused gummies in blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry. Sadly, no uh, schnozberry just yet. They also have infused sparkling waters in raspberry, lemon, blackberry, and blood orange. Each gummy is dosed with 25 milligrams of CBD and can be purchased in a bottle of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering our listeners 30% off their next purchase from wildcbd.com using the code POD, P-O-D, for 30% off your next purchase. And that is wild, W-Y-L-D, cbd.com. All right. Thank you for that, Jake. On to the fun part of the episode here. Uh, Pretenders or contenders? What are you... As I said at the start here, we are halfway through the fantasy season. So we're going to talk to here about what you should be looking for for your team. Are you are you really contending for a championship? Are, are, are you in the playoff hunt? What realistically are your chances? What should you be looking for? Uh, because record alone can be misleading. Uh, you, you could have gotten lucky. Uh getting high scores where your guys went off or vice versa. Your opponents, they had players that got injured. They put up goose eggs on, on the the stat line. Uh, there's a lot of things that record itself can't tell you. Uh, so I want to talk a few of those uh, things over here. And um, for most sites, and I don't know about all sites because I haven't played all of them, uh, there's usually some sort of power rankings chart or table that, that you can look at that gives you more in-depth information uh, on on how your team's actually doing. So I have one of my dynasty teams pulled up here. I happen to be in last place, sadly. Um uh, Due, hey, to, due to injuries. You, you know, you know by looking at that and obviously all the other things that we're going to get into here, you've you've taken the hard look at the mirror, you know where you stand, mm-hmm. and you're ready to make an honest self-evaluation. So that's the first step, Dustin. That's right. So so I, I use MFL for the majority of my sites. Uh, when you go to their power ranking 
page, they have your win-loss records, your points for, your potential points, which is really important because that tells you how many points, if you set your optimum lineup each week, how many points you could have on the season. Uh, and then it has an efficiency percentage. So that basically tells you how good are you at setting your lineups. So if you have a very bad record, say like myself in this league, one in five, uh, I have an 85.6 efficiency rating, uh, which according to my league here is kind of middle of the road. Um, so I'm getting 85% of my starts and sits right. So if that number is below 50%, you just don't know how to set a lineup correctly. And maybe you should work on that as, as opposed to trying to make trades uh, to, to get your, your team in a different spot. So uh, definitely one thing to look at there. Uh, it also tells you what your maximum points for and what your minimum points for were on any given week. Uh, it tells you how many games you could have won had you set the correct lineup, which again, I think is important because it, it tells you how you're doing at setting your lineup, uh, which, which becomes that's, that's not a roster construction issue. It's again, just knowing what players in looking at the matchups and, and, and deciding what players are, are good starts for the week. And then there's the power rank ranking itself. And then the big one that I like to look at is the all play record. So that says your wins and losses and ties for the year based on if you were to play every opponent every single week in your league. Uh, that gives you a very good idea of where you're sitting and how you would have matched up against everyone else in your league on any given week. If, if you don't have a good all play record, chances are your team is just not very good. Unfortunately, hate, hate to bring the hard truths here. Uh, but I'm also looking in the mirror and talking to myself. Now, it may not be that your team is necessarily just wholeheartedly bad. Maybe mm -hmm. you were hit by some injury bugs, mm -hmm. and there are the short-term variety, and you're going to get your, your crew back. The, the gang's going to be reassembled here mm -hmm. uh, shortly, and, and that could change everything. But up until this point, yes, your team has been bad. Yeah, and it's it's worth noting that just because... And again, this, this is just one piece of the puzzle. This isn't the end all be all, you know, Dustin says, look at your power ranking. If it's bad, that means your team's not good. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously on this team here, I have a lot of really good pieces. I have been hit with injuries this year. Uh, I have Austin Eckler, Michael Thomas. Uh, I've had other guys underperforming this year, which, which were performing great last year. So, so it's a variety of things. Uh, by no means am I blowing this team up because I have such a bad record, but, but it also gives me pause to be like, well, maybe I should be making some moves since I'm really not going to contend this year. I don't see myself rattling off another six wins in a row to get into the playoffs. Let's be honest, uh, which it could happen. You're never, you're never out of it really until the, the very end. Uh, but looking at that, I can, I can uh, safely say like, I'm going to try to make some moves, maybe look at some of these guys that are overperforming right now that are good, good pieces and maybe trying to get some draft picks back or get some trades for underperforming players that can help me down the stretch this year and into next season. That's right. And I think when you're looking at that kind of thing too, if, 
So if you've made the call, if, if you've assessed your team, you're saying, look, yeah, my, my power ranking, my overall record looks better than it should or it looks worse than I thought it did just kind of when you're going through the week-to-week stuff. Because sometimes it's easy to get into that trap too. It's just on week-to-week, okay, did I, did I beat the person across from me? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did. Cool. Let's, let's move on and keep the good times going. Or did I lose miserably and then now I'm just sad? And you're not looking at the bigger picture. So just to really hammer that point in, big picture is what we're talking about here. That's right. So if you've looked at the big picture, you've made the genuine assessment, ah, it's it's not going to be my year. Uh, I, I'm not really, truly competing. I am a quote-unquote pretender. Then who do you move? And name recognition is so important when you're doing that. Because there are guys who may be performing adequately, uh, or even a little subpar that you can still move off of your team just based on the name alone. Like guys that are coming to mind for me right now are still folks of the T.Y. Hilton sphere where it's like somebody is just going to say, well, he's a name. I'll still pay something for him, probably more than what they should. Uh, and you can start trying to move those names off your roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. So again, just to reiterate, there, there's, there's lots of facets in this you have to look at. And again, just because you have a bad team doesn't necessarily mean your team can't perform and, and do better and you can't get into the playoffs. Cause really that's what it's all about. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen it in our home redraft league. Many times where I, uh, one, one of the people in our league, they, they squeak in with that number six spot. And then all of a sudden, you know what? They're in the championship taking down the, the number one player that has been the top scorer pretty much every single week of the season. Any, anything can happen. So, um, don't be afraid to make moves that you think can help your team to this season. If you feel like you, you have players that are underperforming at the moment. That should their season turn around a little bit, you've got you've got a really good team on your hands. So just don't throw in the towel either, just because your your team's underperforming at the moment. So it, it, and that's it, a good point because you can have your cake and eat it too, right? You can't. Mm-hmm. You, it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other because you mm-hmm. can still kind of keep your toe dipped into the season while planning for next season. Maybe that just looks like you're getting a little younger at certain positions. Trading equal value guys maybe for this year, but you're just getting younger at the same time, but mm-hmm. they'll still hopefully produce mm-hmm. for the rest of this year. Uh, so I like that you called attention to that because you don't have to just say, well, fuck it. Now I'm going to get rid of every good player on my team and mm-hmm. only accumulate draft picks and not really play this year because um, you don't have to do that. The one other thing that I did want to bring up before I forget is strength of schedule is really important mm-hmm. from this point forward, not just for actual NFL teams and, and that portion of it. So wide receiver strength of schedule going forward, but your own strength of schedule in your league. Like how often are you going up against winning teams from here on out? That should also help you kind of make a decision. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So starting to get a little bit more of, of, of the strategy here. So Jake, what do you think of this strategy? If you are a contender, and, and and say you are like a piece away from from really like having a super solid like I'm going to win the ship type season. How do you feel about 
trying to acquire players that are currently injured that'll be coming back soon, like McCaffrey, Chubb, Eckler as examples. What do you think about trying to target them to get them on your team, knowing they might be two, three weeks away from coming back? Do you you think if you can weather that storm and survive taking zeros from those players for a few weeks, is that a move you're willing to make if you know long-term rest of the season you're going to put yourself in a much better position to win the championship? Yes. Without hesitation, I will make that move. It it takes a lot of, again, honest self-eval, though, to say, can I actually weather those multiple weeks? Let's say it's three weeks. Uh, we'll use CMC as an example here. So let's say maybe it's going to be three weeks before he comes back. We don't know. It could be week nine, but whatever. So let's say it's three weeks, and I'm sitting at three and three right now. So I'm on the threshold, but I feel that my team is better than that record looks. Mm-hmm. Okay, Maybe I, I had a tough, close beat. I, I was second highest scorer two of those weeks, and so I, I feel like I should be five and one, but I'm really three and three. You still need those wins now. You still have to get those wins now because it doesn't matter how strong you perceive your team to be. If you're three and three, you got to start getting a little something together. If mm-hmm. you if you believe that you can compete this year, so if you can field a, a roster, and this is where looking ahead for those three weeks at the strength of schedule would also be a very wise move. If I can say, well, I can field a very competent roster for those three weeks, and maybe have an extra depth piece or two because you never know what happens with injuries and you might have a competent roster now, but next week you might not because a couple of guys get injured. Mm-hmm. So if I can do that, and I know that I'm getting a guy like CMC for somebody who, you know, these next couple of weeks, I don't know, uh, a James Robinson would be a great example, I think, there. If I can do a James Robinson plus for somebody who desperately needs wins, and I don't think I need them quite as desperately as they do, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. But it just, you shouldn't do it just because, oh, I want CMC, you know, and and kind of sacrifice Mm -hmm. these three weeks if you really can't sacrifice these three weeks. Yeah, I agree. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I obviously just threw that out there uh, as a talking point. I totally believe that, too. Like, if, if you feel like your team can maybe handle taking a loss, maybe two, but come long term especially with the fantasy playoffs you're going to get a difference maker like that on your team uh why not make the move i mean what what's yeah it's great if you make the playoffs but that's not why we play fantasy football we play to win uh and well i also play fantasy football so i can talk fantasy football uh because that is one of the more enjoyable things in life but you play to win the game if i may quote the great coach (laughs) you can and you just did uh i do think too during the season it gets really tricky for people trying to project that far out Mm -hmm. because you're so in the weeds like i was talking about earlier you're just focused on your next matchup for the large part and making sure you have the optimal lineup set up especially if you're newer to this uh, and especially if you're newer to dynasty you had some frenzied action in the offseason and now you're just kind of hunkered into the the uh, weeds of the actual season and you forget that like I could look ahead a few weeks and try and plan that far instead of just going, well, if CMC doesn't help me now, so I'm not going to uh, trade for him. Because there's an aversion to that kind of thing. I know mm-hmm. I had that when I first started uh, Dynasty, especially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was telling you this on uh, 
Sunday when we were watching uh, football. You know, for whatever reason, this season I have been I've been having a hard time coming up with trades in my dynasty leagues. Uh, whether I, I have teams that are doing well, and you know, this team we're talking about here is is not doing well. Like it, it's not about that. It's I've I've, I've just. I've had a hard time pulling the trigger on offering trades. Like nothing looks good to me. Um, so it, it, and I don't know if it's just because it's the season itself or, uh, maybe I am too much in the weeds and, and get too invested in the players I have that I want to hold on to them, you know, as my players, cause these are my teams type deal. I don't know what it is, but don't be afraid to get out there and throw some trades out there. Uh, and, and it, even if it's just striking up a conversation with your league mates, uh, that can help you long term. Um, but we're 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 getting off topic here a, a little bit. So, um, let let's let's steer back, Jake. Bring the ship over. Lead, lead you got this, Captain. Start. Let Let's start talking some some specifics here as far as players. Uh, either players. These are either going to be players that are underperforming right now that we think will turn around their season, or maybe some undervalued players that you can still get at a discount that are performing well right now. So start us off here, Jake. You have a couple quarterbacks. I don't know if you want to talk about both of them or one of them. I didn't have any, so maybe we just talk about both here. I'll kind of lump these guys together. Um, It's not a one-for-one comparison with these guys, but they're in similar-ish boats. Uh, I'm talking about Cam Newton and Carson Wentz. Now, Maybe I shouldn't have said that they're even close to in the same boat because one of these guys has been performing really well. Uh, and the other one has been performing surprisingly well for fantasy. Mm-hmm. So Cam Newton is currently the quarterback 20 in, uh, in rankings here. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is the quarterback nine. Now, just looking at that, you would think that those would be conflated those would be flopped around because Carson Wentz if you've watched him actually play football and we were just talking about his lack of options and all of that uh it's scary it's scary but he has been the beneficiary of so much garbage time that it hasn't mattered and he's gotten you the points it's not been pretty but he's gotten you the points now Cam Newton way down at quarterback 20 this is why I said up at the front of this it's so important please just when you're looking at rankings, sort everything on a per game basis, especially this early. I was I, in this I, season. I was waiting to cut in to say his points per game though is much better than what his actual overall rank is, his fantasy point rank, because he has played less games than everyone else so far. So continue. And it's obvious. It's obvious, but when you are trying to make all this rationale work in your head for trades, sometimes that obvious thing just gets looked over. Please mm-hmm. don't overlook that kind of thing. He's only played four games. He is fantastic. Cam Newton is fantastic. Uh, his last game was a bit of a letdown, but overall, you should expect him to continue to just rock. But this is where you might be able to exploit, potentially, a newer person in your league as well. Um, I'm not saying that you should try and pull the wool over their eyes, but this might be something where they would gloss over it. And so Cam Newton, they look at that and they go, oh, man, he's only QB 20. And, you know, they didn't get to start him in their lineups for a couple of weeks, and that can get into some people's heads. I just think from here on out, Cam is going to be a dazzler. Would you agree with that? I mean, I just don't see a reason why you would 
sit him at any point going forward unless he's injured. Uh, correct. 100%. Yeah, he's currently a number seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight overall in a fantasy points per game for quarterback, where Carson Wentz is, let's see, I can do math, 10, 12, 14 overall in points per game. So that's right. Now, so for Cam and for Carson, both of them have amazing strength of schedules going forward. I use Fantasy Pros, just has an easy strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. You can sort by position, which is really nice. Um, it, it may not be as mathematically intense as some other websites, but it's very approachable, which I like. But they both have a top six in terms of strength of schedule going forward. Now, what I like about both of them is I would go after them in both redraft and dynasty. Dynasty especially, I still don't think there's a ton of confidence from the Cam Newton people saying that he's locked into a role next year because he's he's not necessarily locked into a role. I have a lot of confidence that he is. And if it's not New England, he's getting a starting job somewhere else because he's looked, again, dynamite. But you can use that little bit of hesitation, I think, to exploit that. You don't know long-term where he's going to be. Same with Carson Wentz. Obviously, they drafted his backup in Jalen Hurts. But I truly believe, like, there's so, been so much dedication to Carson Wentz already, and he's got a contract that will keep him around somewhere. Um, and their value is so suppressed, especially Carson Wentz. He's a guy that I'll go out and uh, he will get weapons back. Dalton Schultz, or excuse me, not Dalton Schultz. Who the hell am I trying to say? Who's the other tight end there besides Zach Ertz? Why is my Dallas brain Goddard? <laughs> Thank you, Dallas Goddard. I'm here for you. Uh, yeah. Dallas, I appreciate that. Dallas Goddard is coming back. Alshon, Deshaun Jackson, these guys could potentially be coming back to help him out. But it it clearly, I gave shit about the Miles Sanders and the Zach Ertz things. It honestly, I don't even think it matters at this point. He's got such a great schedule. He's got so much garbage time opportunity. I'll try and get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like both of those. Uh, Carson Wentz has been a little bit of a roller coaster this year as someone that owns him in multiple leagues. Uh, he's been hard to start some weeks, but you got to take the good with the bad. And he's got a lot of good years ahead of him. He's super young. He's staying healthy this year. At some point, they're going to get the offensive weapons back. You would hope they address the offensive line in the offseason. Uh, so that for years to come, it's a little bit more shored up. But, yeah, I, I like both of those. I would be going out and trying to get both of them uh, without hesitation. Sweet. Let's talk some running backs on your end, then. I, I'm very interested to hear these couple of names that you have slotted in here. Yeah, so the two names that I have, uh, and we don't have to go super in-depth with both of them if you don't want, but I have Damian Harris and Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chase Edmonds... I think it's pretty clear this year that that there's more of a split backfield there in Arizona for whatever reason. I I don't know why. I I, I was a big Drake believer uh, last year when I saw what was happening. I was like, yes, wheels up, let's do it. They they gave him the transition tag in the offseason. They're paying him $10 million a year for this one year. They're like, oh, he's going to be the lead back. Hasn't happened. Uh, I, I don't know why. He he doesn't look quite the same. I don't know if it has to do with this whole walking boot situation that there was uh, in, in the pre-regular you know uh, pre season here. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. It, it's just not the same as it was last year. Chase Edmonds has looked very good. I think he's going to have a role moving forward. And he he he's a good flex candidate every, every single week here moving forward with that offense. Was it going to take to get him? I don't know. I, w- I would probably pay a second for him, to be honest. And... Um, I, yeah. What do you think? I just, I don't know. I, I just got a really good feeling about him moving forward. I, I love his involvement. He could be the long-term answer in Arizona. Uh, if, if they don't feel like Drake is going to be the answer after paying him 10 million this year. So he could step into a starting role as soon as next season. I feel like if you're interested in going out to get Chase Edmonds, which I agree with, by the way. I think the best thing that possibly happened to you is that 69-yard touchdown run from Kenyon Drake on Monday Night Football because it gave people, I think, false hope for Kenyon Drake. I think that was a game where you can take that score now, that final stat line, even though Edmonds himself was still involved, Mm -hmm. you can take that final stat line and go to the Chase Edmonds uh, rosterer and say, hey, hey, did you see that? (laughs) Let me Let me get this guy. Because uh, obviously, you know, it was fluky for these these first few games. Um, and you can try and get that uh, that guy back here for you. Honestly, if you wanted to try and pick up both, I wouldn't. I kind of wouldn't hate it. Um, even though typically I don't like to roster the entire mm-hmm. uh, backfield there. But I, I like going after Chase Edmonds. And thank you, Kenyon Drake, for helping out. Yeah. Quick shout out to uh, our, our friend Porkman here joining us this evening. Says he loves the show. We love you too, Porkman. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we, we do love we you. And he says his favorite it. number was that 69-yard Kenyon Drake run. So Yes, that was Always very nice. Always with the valuable insight, Porkman. <laughs> we love you too. Yes. And then uh, Damian Harris, quickly I'll talk about him. He, since he came back from injury, he's been getting more and more involved in this offense. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he had 17 total touches, uh, which led the team. This last week, it was a little bit more split, uh, did not lead the team, still had seven touches to James White's 12, but I think that was a function more of the game script than than him being in the doghouse, per se, with Bill Belichick. Uh, now that he's come back and he's getting healthy, I think he is going to pull away with this backfield. Sony Michelle is out for who knows how long, and Sony wasn't doing that great anyway. They they spent high draft capital on him. I think if you can snag Damian Harris now for like a late second, early for third, or maybe a couple of thirds, uh, I, I think you will be really, really happy as the season progresses here. Someone that will maybe fall into that low-end RB2 category for the rest of the season. I, I think it's possible. I like any running back that's going to be alongside Cam there. So mm-hmm. I, I, The dude had so much talent, uh, much better talent evaluators than you or I, dare I say, uh, had pegged him as a very high – a guy coming into the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's just been it's been wonky for him. It sucks because he hasn't gotten those opportunities with all the injuries and whatnot. But yeah, I'm very excited for him. So, who are a couple of running backs you want to talk about, Jake? Let me just uh, spitfire a couple of these guys here. Uh, David Montgomery still disrespected, mm-hmm. still perpetually disrespected, and at this point, I don't really understand why. 
I understood why coming into the season more than I do now. I, I don't know if people were under the guise that he was supposed to be a running back one, like a top 12 guy. I never projected that for him. But he's a comfortable RB2, which is exactly where he is right now. He is RB18 on the season. He has an amazing strength of schedule the rest of the way. Now, I will say, if you wanted to wait this out a couple of weeks, you might be at an even bigger advantage. Um, because I still just don't think anybody's really appreciating what he's doing. But he has a couple of tougher ones, a couple of tougher matchups coming up here in the next two weeks. So if you wait a couple of weeks, I think you'll be better off. But you should definitely go get David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Tariq Cohen, Dustin, and you know that I loved Tariq coming into this mm-hmm. year, that injury really cemented that I'm not worried about Cordero Patterson stealing work from him. Um, he's no. got the the reins there. Yeah, and over the last three weeks, he's gotten six, eight, and five targets in the passing game, which you love to see that sort of volume coming his way uh, from the quarterback. So that just adds on to his already very safe floor for for rushing. Uh, when you start getting those targets and things are opening up there, I mean, yeah, he he is. He's going to be a bell cow for that team. So I love that pick. Well, thank you. I, I do what I can. Maybe you'll love this one a little bit less. <laughs> I suspect that you will. His name is Devonta Freeman, and it's not a sexy name anymore. I'll tell you that. No. But he is now three weeks into this Giants offense. He's coming along a little slowly, as I expected that he might. Um, but he is now increased... His rushing attempts, his rushing yards, and his target share, basically, uh, in every game that he's played. So his involvement is going to be there. The folks that were worried about the offensive line, I think that was a bit overblown just because of that Saquon against the Steelers game. It's the Steelers. He's not playing the Steelers every week of this Mm -hmm. season. He is a very capable running back in a mostly capable offense. I do have some general questions about that offense, but as the guy who's not really splitting the work nearly as much as I think people were expecting him to, uh, he's a great flex type of dude who I'd feel, I'd feel comfortable with him in my flex every week, really at this point. Now from the last three weeks, he is RB 22. So that's technically RB two level, but again, he's not, there's nothing sexy at all about what he's doing. So I think you could trade maybe a couple of thirds for him and and scoop him off of somebody's roster, especially if they aren't worried about running back depth, mm-hmm. uh, which you always should be this year. By the way, that's why any of these guys, they aren't sexy, but you need depth so bad, especially at that position and especially this year. Uh, I want to scoop up all these kind of guys up. And the one last name I'll toss in here, because I've already talked about him so much this year, Jarek McKinnon. And we talked about Mostert being injured now and on IR at least for a few weeks. So uh, McKinnon runs back into that role that he had. He's the dude there. He did so well when he was the the lead dog, and he now he gets to take that back. He's had a couple of very underperforming games because he wasn't the lead dog, and so he got kind of shoved to the side. That's still probably fresh in those uh, those owners' minds. Mm-hmm. So go go get him. That's right. Okay, we'll we'll talk some wide receivers here. I've got a whole gaggle of them that I would be 
targeting right now, but I, I will try to limit it a little bit here. Uh, maybe just briefly touch on on some of them. First one, Kenny Galladay. Kind of like what you were saying with Cam Newton. He's missed some time. His, his his total ranking for the season is way down there, but his points per game ranking is really, really high. So maybe you can get that owner that that is looking at just at the the total for the season so far and and attack that owner and say, look, he's underperforming. You know, he's only, you know, wide receiver, whatever he is for the season, say 41. I don't even know. Um, I suppose I could look it up really quick and be a good analyst for a change. I think he's actually further down the list than that because of those those mixed games and that one where he, yeah, was he is 54 of, uh, currently. Uh, so you can say use that to your advantage and say, look, he's currently wide receiver 54. Why don't I take him off your hands? I'll give you. You know, I don't even know. Say, say like, I don't know if that'd be a good one. I don't know. Like Devontae Parker. He's got a little name recognition. He's currently wide receiver 26 on the season. Maybe, you know. Wait, are, you, are you suggesting you would give a one-for-one one trade there? Well, I would try it. <laughs> Damn it, Dustin! This is why we never made trades when we were in a league together. It's a starting you have point. To add some sweetener on that. Well, it's a starting point, but if you have a more unexperienced owner or, or manager, I should say, in your league um, that that just doesn't quite see the big picture, you know, you Dustin's try, try advice to take is to just be a dick to your league mates <laughs> until they trade you the people that they want. Oh, this coming from the guy that gave me how many awful trades every other week. Don't even start oh, with I'm me. Oh, I was the worst, but I'm always the dick to you, so I felt like that was that was okay. All right, um, so a uh, couple more here. Um, if you haven't gone out to try to get T. Higgins yet, go out and get him. Dude is balling out. Use this last week of A.J. Green actually flashing as well as a way to say, look, He's still the third person, the third wide receiver on that team, the third option. He's not. It's Tyler Boyd, and then it's T. Higgins, and then it's A.J. Green. Go out and get him while you can before he blows up in value where he's going to cost you an arm and a leg because that dude is a man out there, man. He is... He is so good. He's looking great. He's only going to grow in that offense, and I love him. Another one here. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I know he is currently, um, the wide receiver six on the season. Just put some feelers out there to see what it would take to get him. Cause I think people still are undervaluing him. They don't realize how good he's actually been and how consistent he's been on the season. Uh, People soured on him after the last couple years. Uh, Jake, I'm looking right at right into your soul here, because uh, we all had high hopes for him, and lo and behold, all it takes is to get away from the uh, the beehole that is Adam Gase, and 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 he's performing beautifully, uh, which is wild. He always had the talent, he just never performed. So he finally is. People still may be sour on that. So. Go try to get him and, and, and see if you can still get him at a discount because uh, there's a good chance you can. 
And then the last one I want to talk about here is Juju. And we were kind of talking about this before we went on air a little bit, that this was someone that I was actually throughout a trade offer for in the dynasty league we were talking about where I'm not winning, uh, trying to get Juju on my team because he is underperforming right now. So this is a very timely topic and timely trade. Uh, I, I was, this is just a standard PPR league and I was going to give up Cooper cup for Juju straight up. Uh, Cooper cup has been performing very well. Uh, he he's having a Cooper cup, type season and Juju has been underperforming, but he's still young. I'm looking to get younger in that league. Uh, so this is the type of trade target we're talking about here where look for those guys that are not doing well, that people may have soured on a little bit. So what do you think of that as, as a trade and, and as a strategy for Juju, especially he's my favorite name on, on your list here because he's the one that, I think you're going to have the easiest time, believe it or not, out of those guys. I think you're going to have the easiest time getting Juju because the proof has been in the pudding the last few weeks. It's been the Chase Claypool explosion. It's been Deontay Johnson when he was healthy and out there, he was exploding. James Washington has had some, some bigger flash than Juju has. Really, every wide receiver on that team has, has really outproduced at various times Juju Smith-Schuster. And he's going into the the final year of his contract here, I believe. Uh, I've heard a lot of Steelers fans talking about the fact that they rarely re-sign those players. Mm -hmm. So you could be looking at, if you're worried about him in that offense, you could be looking at him moving into a potentially bigger and better role somewhere else. And he is so young. Like you said, he is so young and cooper cup is not so young mm -hmm. cooper cup of course came into the league old old like he's yeah 40 years old but older certainly and so mm -hmm. if you're just looking in terms of a pure youth versus age situation yes it's obvious for me and i do still like juju's upside long term more than i like cooper cups i've never really bought into the cooper cup thing to be honest so um, I'm, I'm more of a Bobby Woods guy. That's more my style. We, we know. So this. yeah, I love that. <laughs> but this is two where they're potentially one for one in value though. Exactly. You would not have to add anything onto that. And mm -hmm. because Cooper Cup has at least had a couple of blow up games, you might even be able to get a little something back on top mm -hmm. of it if you want to be greedy. Yep. And, and the team I'm trading to is a contender right now. They're five and one. They're, they're obviously in the push going to make the playoffs unless their team implodes at this point. So I'm kind of using the Cooper cup is outperformed. You know, he, he's, he's, he'll give you more points than Juju as the selling point for him as a contender. So, uh, who do you have for some wide receivers, Jake? Enough I'm about me. I'm going to burn through some names here. Um, and look, there's a lot of high profile names on here because there's been a lot of high profile underperformers. Julio Jones. First and foremost, Julio Jones. Dustin, take a guess. Where is he on uh, on this rankings list? Where do you think he is through six weeks of the season? Oh, he's got to be, even with this this big game this last week, probably in the 40s somewhere. I'll say 42. That's what it feels like, right? Uh -huh. No, he's actually wide receiver 29. Oh. So 
But I think the impression of Julio has been based on all of those games prior to last week. Still, mm-hmm. like that's still the predominant thought. At least it was for me, even as I was researching this. I didn't think he was finishing that high. And that's with two games missed. Mm-hmm. So again, this is a perception-based thing where you have to go and attack what what people might be thinking because you never truly know. If I had just gone on the assumption here, let's say Dustin is my trade partner, and I'd gone on the assumption that, oh, he was just going to look this up. And yes, of course, I understand when people get their trade offers and they might go and do just that. But some people will not do that. They will get so excited that somebody offered something for Julio who they might just be trying to unload because of age, because of the hamstring issues and whatever. And they might take a lower ball offer than four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea if you can get Julio, because I don't believe that this is his last run. I think we've got at least another couple of seasons left of that top tier Julio. Um, Go after him. Go after Jarvis. Jarvis Landry. Just been floating in the ether this year. Um, For somebody who is normally such an old reliable, Jarvis Landry... Uh, has been sitting at wide receiver 40 so far on the year. And he's picking up the pace, getting a little bit closer to what we expected him to be as a, you know, PPR monster, mm-hmm. even in an offense that, yes, it looks bad. I understand how bad that offense looks. There are much brighter days ahead for them. Their strength of schedule really opens up here for the Browns overall. Baker Mayfield was almost a candidate that I put on this, in fact, for that exact same reason. So I would make an argument for Jarvis, Odell, Baker, any of those guys. They have much better days ahead here. But the stink is on them hardcore right now. Um, Shifting gears just a little bit here, um, those two names that we brought up in the drunk trade, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, underperformers based on the expectation from this offseason. Debo Samuel was... I remember you trying to acquire him in the offseason, and you were nervous because mm-hmm. he had a real big blow-up game to end the season, and then shot up. His value shot the hell up. That value is that value is way down now. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel's just not on a lot of people's radars right now because he's played a couple of games, and he's like, fine, okay, mediocre. But his snap counts are going up every game since he's come back. He's uh, started off with a 34% snap count. They're obviously just easing him back in. He is who he was. It's just recency bias is easy to exploit for a guy like that. And similar with Chris Godwin. One final name I'll toss out there, Tim Patrick. I'm kind of breaking formula here because Tim Patrick has had two gigantic back-to-back games. 200-yard back-to-back games. I still... Corland Sutton's out for the year. He's back to this offense. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I glitched out there. But Tim Patrick can, is he going to get you a 100-yard game every week? No, but he is a dude that is basically still free, I believe, to go out and try and trade for. And you need that kind of depth, and he could be a reliable flex for you every week. Yeah, I agree. I think he is a reliable flex play moving forward, as you were saying, with um, Cortland Sutton being out, Noah Fant's been banged up, in and out of the lineup. You still have Jerry Judy. He's a rookie, still getting used to the offense. They've had a carousel of QBs throwing to them. And and Tim Patrick, I, I think that is a good call uh, to get him. And you could probably get him uh, in a dynasty league for like a third-round pick. Easy. 
I, I would think, uh, just to have um, someone as some depth on your team that you can use in the pinch, as we've seen that we're we're going to need this season. Uh, yeah, especially if the guy, if the person with Tim Patrick on the roster is deep at the position, there's mm-hmm. no way they're even really thinking about starting him. Probably, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually in that situation. But this research was like, oh yeah, I need to be better about starting Tim Patrick. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely an option there. All right, and then we will finish off with tight ends here. It looks like we each only have one, so we don't need to belabor uh, the tight ends here. But minus Noah Fant. Only for the fact that he has been dinged up. Uh, you know, when he's played the season, he has looked good. But again, kind of underperforming for what we expected from him being a first-round rookie pick last season. And then I think we were expecting him to take that step forward this year with that offense. It hasn't obviously worked out like everyone had hoped. So just use this time as an opportunity maybe to get him at a little bit more of a discount than you'd normally be able to get him at. And as someone that should come back this season, finish strong. And he's young, so you'll have him for another eight years on your, your roster if you if you want. Agreed. Youth, attack that youth. Attack it out of position where he could be a top five guy and tight ends are so hard to find mm-hmm. for that, that level of consistency. So I, I love that call for sure. Uh, mine, I just want to give a little bit of hope to the fellow Austin Hooper truthers that were out there coming into this year. That's uh, me. Because the first, <laughs> the first three weeks, you know, you know, the heartbreak that we experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it looked awful. Like he was just forgotten. And I was so close to straight up cutting that dude in some of my leagues just so I wouldn't have to look at him disappoint me on my bench. And I'm glad that I didn't make any rational decision like that because the last three weeks he has been the tight end six. Um, and he's looked like just good and involved. His, mm-hmm. uh, his target share has been great the last three weeks. Seven targets, ten targets, six targets. Um, no, he's not putting up 100-yard games. He's not pulling a Darren Waller or anything like that. But at this position, as we know, it's impossible to find this kind of nice consistency. He's a great floor guy, and I still have to imagine he is dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like that, and I hope he continues to turn his season around here because as a big truther for Austin Hooper, uh, it, it was going to be an ugly ugly uh, miss for me. So keeping my fingers crossed for him, I want to see him do well. Um, anything else you want to touch upon here about being a pretender or contender? I think we've touched it. I think we've touched it all and it's been great, but just, I will say one final parting, parting word on this. Just again, always be honest with yourself. Don't try and trick yourself into thinking that your team is something that it's not. Mm -hmm. Well said, uh, looking ahead to this next week, Jake, is there any matchups you're particularly uh, looking forward to? You're going to keep your eyes on for fantasy purposes, or you think it's just going to be a good football game in general? Well, I will say all around the one I'm most excited for is the Saints versus the Panthers. Uh, That's a noon game this Sunday, and I'm excited because I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a bounce back game against the saints. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think all of those offensive pieces for the Panthers, especially should look really good, but 
I think from a pure football perspective too, we'll we'll see if old man Breeze can can keep up in this mm-hmm. one. I think he's going to have a tough time. So I'm just very interested on that that facet of it. Yeah, I I am looking forward to the Seahawks and Cardinals. Uh, it's a three o'clock game, uh, divisional matchup should be really good here. Uh, Cardinals four and two just had that big win last night, and then you got the Seahawks. They're undefeated. Whoever wins this is going to be in the driver's seat for that division. So I just think it's going to be good. It's going to be tons of offense. It should be, uh, which I'm really looking forward to that. And then also on the Monday night game, I hate to say it, the Bears, I'm looking forward to watching them. Uh, they're, they're playing the Rams. Both uh, have very good records. It's defense versus defense. So this will be interesting to see. I'm especially interested to see how the Bears offense does against what should be a very good defense. It's really going to be their first major defensive challenge for the season. So I'm interested to see how that offense reacts and how they adjust to that. And this will kind of show in my eyes if they are a contender or have they've just been pretenders to start the season. See what I did there? I brought it all back. I looped it into our episode. Uh, that, uh, that was a full circle expedition around the podcast you just made. So yeah, that was kudos nice. to you, sir. So, all right. So... Jake, I brought this up to you the other day here. Uh, preemptively, I didn't want to... I, I wanted to give you some time to think about this. So I, I threw out a potential beer bet over the weekend here. Uh, cause, you know, we've been talking. We really haven't thrown any out this season at all. And we're like, we got to change that. Let's let's spice up the podcast and, and the Sunday football watch in a little bit. So I threw out a potential beer bet and jake are you on board with this or no well why don't why don't you go ahead and explain what the uh the beer best beer bet would be to our listeners so i have time to do some last minute research uh fair enough so uh the beer bet for this week would be joe burrow outscores baker mailed this week uh and and they play head-to-head cincinnati versus cleveland it's a head-to-head matchup. I know they technically don't play each other on the field, uh, but but they are in the same game. And I, I think Joe Burrow is going to outscore Baker this week. You know what? I will. I'll, I'll take this bet. Yes. Uh, just we haven't had one in forever. We need to get some action going here. And the one thing that was heartening for me is, in general, Baker has done pretty well in, mm-hmm. in getting some points put up. He's had two bookended games that have been awful. Mm-hmm. One against the Ravens, one against the Steelers, where they were held to seven points or less. So I think... And those that, are both uh, very good defenses, so you can kind of give them a defense. little bit of slack on that one. So I was talking about getting a little bit of inco- uh, confidence instilled in all of these guys on the Browns, so I gotta, I gotta back that up with some action. here. Nice. In the books. Beer bet. Clink. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that'll pretty much do it for this week, folks. Uh, here's your bye week reminder. You got Minnesota, Miami, Indianapolis, and Baltimore all on by this week. So please do not have them in your starting lineups as they will get you zero points. Thank you for joining us. We truly appreciate it. 
if you'd be so kind, go out, give us a rate and review on whatever podcast application that you listen to us on. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel here. Uh, we are got plans in the works to be pushing out some more content for you guys. Uh, don't want to draw back the curtain quite yet on that, but uh, know, know, know that we've got some stuff working here. So uh, subscribe, uh, subscribe to our channel so that you get the notifications of when we have new shows coming out. As always, find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. Hit us up with our in our DMs if you have any sort of start-sit questions, trade questions. Hit us up with your drunk trades, please. We love to hear those and share them on the podcast. We will give you credit for them, uh, whether it involved you or not, as long as you submit it. And you can find me on Twitter at FFDustyDog. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.